world. It's your pass first point guard and trailblazers reporter, Mike Richmond. You are listening to another episode of Locked on Blazers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Thanks for making this show your first listen. Coming at you every single weekday, Monday through Friday. So make it a part of your daily routine. Make it your first listen. Tell your friends to do the same. It's Locked on Blazers, your team every day. In today's show, we got a fun one for you because the Blazers just keep on winning. Winners of three and four, three of four and two in a row. They beat the Cavaliers. We'll do our fastest recap in the West, bringing you up to speed on what happened in Cleveland. We'll talk about Shaden Sharp, who was freaking excellent a bounce back game after he had a rough couple weeks a much needed and very dominant showing after halftime for Shea and we'll talk about the Blazers winning with depth and why they at least have pointed to a formula that works in a, in a in their recent stretch of play Let's, let's do what we do, though. Fastest recap in the West. Blazers win 103-95. But it took a while for them to get there. They were down 22-25 after one. Down 40-46 to at halftime. And it's like, only down six at halftime. That felt really good because it was getting nasty in that second quarter. Blazers trailed by as many as 16 in the second quarter. They had 15 first-half turnovers, including 10 in the second quarter alone. So to find themselves heading into the break, only down six, it's like, okay, okay. I, like, this is, you know, they've had some games recently where they've shot it really well, particularly Milwaukee recently. It's like they shot, you know, 60-some percent and made 10 threes in the first half, and it's like, Okay, well, they're probably not going to do this again. Like, they're not going to have that in them. So it's like like the regression is coming. Well, they've been a really good, you know, they've been above average in the league, like at, at, at limiting turnovers. They haven't been a high turnover team this year, despite, you know, a lot of injuries to their lead guards, despite the youth that they play with, despite playing uh, Scoot Henderson, who is a turnover, who has been a turnover machine, like... They have been a low turnover team. It has not been a mark of this squad that they th- throw the ball over the place. The mark of the squad has been that they shoot bricks. But like, so you knew that they probably weren't going to have a 30 turnover game. And the thing was, most many of those uh, turnovers were just careless. Um, you know, firing passes that weren't there, trying to sneak, you know, just uh, passes around and, and through Evan Mobley. Three different alley-oop passes that were just bonkers. A couple terrible ideas on, on to alley-oops that weren't there. Uh, Jeremy Grant threw an alley-oop like 17 feet in the air to Shaden Sharp on a two-on-one fast break. Shaden Sharp can jump really high. I think 17 feet is probably beyond it. But like, just... The run of the mill, like the Cavs are a good defensive team. They're really packing the paint and the Blazers are trying to sort of pass around that. And just some careless, sloppy basketball leads to 15 first half turnovers, but only down six. And it feels feels like it might it might work out for them. But it doesn't work out right away because while the Blazers stay close, the Cavs build back up the lead. And with three minutes and 45 seconds to go in the third quarter, they are up 14. And for all the good work that the Blazers have done, they still found themselves down double digits, four minutes to go in the third, and needing to make a push. So then they do. That's what they do. They make a push. From that point forward, the Blazers outscore the Cavs 37-13 from the three-minute and 45-second mark of the third quarter until the six-minute mark, 6.08 mark of the fourth. Essentially 10 minutes of basketball 37-13, and they did not turn the ball over. From down 14 to up 12. 
I guess they were down 12 when I started counting that one, but um, they were down by as many as 14 and then they ripped off that run. Like um, 95-83, six minutes left. And that's the ball game. They just held on from there. It was 74-75 at the end of three after they were down double digits in the third quarter. And then they hold, they, they make that push and we'll talk about that more. And they hold on to win 103-95. That's your fastest recap in the West. Uh, to be, to overcome what they did, it took a heck of an effort, and it got a heck of an effort from Shaden Sharp. 29 points, a career-high 10 boards to go with 5 assists. He played 39 minutes the entire fourth quarter because he was balling, and Chauncey rode with the bench unit. Uh, no one else had more than 13. Jeremy Grant had 13, but he had 10 in the first half and then didn't didn't, didn't have it after that. Uh, Duapri, 13 off the bench. He played well. Matisse Theibel had 10 off the bench. Uh, Tamani Kamara, 9. DeAndre Ayton, 10 points and 6 boards. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon was about as bad as I've ever seen him play. Finished with 11, 11 points, 7 assists, but 5 turnovers and some uncharacteristic stupid turnovers. Malcolm Brogdon was not good in this game. He was not good, and the Blazers got a win. Jeremy Grant wasn't particularly good in this game, and the Blazers got a win. Uh, Scoot Henderson, 2 and 7 assists. Scoot, 1 of 8 in the box score, but I want to give respect to, I want to give respect to my man Scoot. He took 2 heaves in this game. Because you know what Scoot knows? He's seen his shooting percentage. That thing is ugly. So why protect it, baby? Just put him up. He had one up against the shot clock where he had to take a 35-footer and then one at the end of a quarter where he took like a three-quarters court heave. Scoot taking shots because it doesn't matter. He knows it doesn't matter. Respect. So like if you filter those out, he was just a clean one of six. That's 16% shooting. <laughs> so that's pretty good, right? Maybe you round up to 17. I don't have the math right in front of me, but it's like that's that's off the top of my head. Uh, like... <laughs> So respect, respect for the uh, for for Scoot because um, fearless to some extent, uh, and, and I thought he was good. I'll talk about him more in a moment. Uh, on the other side, uh, Evan Mobley twenty points, Donovan Mitchell twenty three on seven of twenty shooting. Darius Garland struggled fifteen points on six of eighteen. He got going early and then never got going again. Uh, Cavs did not get much off their bench at all. Karis Levert five, George Niang eight, and. Uh, Isaac Okoro, three. If you don't get much more, and Jared Allen had 12 and 10, nine for Max Truth. If you don't get anything from the bench is basically what they got. They got 16 points from the bench. The Blazers had 31, plus 15 off the bench. The Blazers, after turning the ball over 15 times in the first half, went that stretch from 345 in the second quarter till the 608 mark of the fourth with zero turnovers. They ended up turning the ball over four times in the final six minutes of the fourth quarter, but one of them was a shot clock violation intentionally. So basically, um, from the four-minute mark of the, of the third, they turned the ball over three times. They just held on to the ball and gave themselves a puncher's chance. Uh, they were way down in the possession battle uh, in that first half and because they turned the ball over so much. Cleveland didn't exactly hold on to the ball a ton. They had um, 10, turn, turn, 10 turnovers at halftime and finished with 19. The Blazers finished with 23. But like Portland was struggling, but they kept themselves in the game because they're, they're pesky. And then Shaden Sharp brought them home. Brought them home. Let's talk about Sharp and what he looked like and a little bit about winning with depth in that second segment. But before we get there, I want to tell you, yes, you, 
about FanDuel. It's America's number one sports book. And FanDuel, the good folks over at FanDuel, they want to give you some money. They want to give you some money to play around with. So go to FanDuel.com and get some money slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to get some money to play around with. They want to give you $150 in bonus bets that you can use in the app to bet on whatever you want. And all you got to do is place a $5 money line bet on somebody to win. So go to FanDuel.com and take advantage of this offer. So simple. The Blazers are red hot. Winners of three of four. Winners of two in a row. They're making shots. They're winning games. They're defending to keep themselves in the game, and the offense is doing just enough to get them home. They're getting heroic performances from Jeremy Grant, heroic performances from Shane Sharp, and they're winning. So they'll, they'll probably never lose again. So why why not ride it? Ride the heater. Put a $5 bet on the Blazers' money line. You get $150 to play with, and then do whatever you want with it. No more money line bets. You can bet on over-unders and spreads. You can live bet games. You can make futures bets. You can bet whatever uh, wild parlays you can possibly cook up. But to do that, you're going to have to go to fanduel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel, America's number one sports book. All right. Let's talk Shaden Sharp. Shaden Sharp went scoreless in the first quarter. Then he had nine in the second quarter. Nine at halftime. Blazers down six. All right, well, if he gets going, you're going to have a chance. Then he got going. Ten in the third. And ten more in the fourth quarter. In the second half, Shaden Sharp had 20 points on seven of eight shooting, hit three of four threes and all three of his free throws attempts, added in five rebounds and two dimes. In a game the Blazers won by eight, he was a plus ten. So it went... When they were out of there, when he was out of there, he played 40 minutes and was a plus 10 in the game. They won by eight. So it, it didn't it didn't go great in the eight minutes he's had. They were outscored by two. They need him on the court for every single minute. And uh, this was a night where Malcolm Brogdon didn't have it. This was a night where DeAndre Ayton didn't have it. In fact, uh, Chauncey Billups rolled with his, his bench down the stretch of this game because they were playing so well. But Sharp needed this one. You know, everyone's going to have ups and downs in the NBA. It's it's the nature of it. They, you know, you play four times a week for six months. Uh, you're just going to have bad stretches. You're going to have bad stretches because of health. You're going to have bad stretches because luck is that way. You're going to have bad stretches because you're a human and not every day is your best day. But Shane Sharp over his last eight games was averaging thir- last eight games was averaging 13 points and just under six rebounds, shooting 32% from the floor and 24% from the three-point line. Shane Sharp over his last eight games was 9 of 38 from three. Over his last five games, he had made five total three-pointers. Shooting bricks and struggling. And then tonight, four of seven from the floor, from the three-point line. That includes 11 of 15 from three to give him 29, 10, and five. He needed it. He needed it. Uh, you know, there were moments earlier in the season when it looked like Sharp was in the midst of a breakout. And then everybody got injured. He got asked to play a bunch of on, like have more on-ball reps. And even there was a time when after the brief Jamari Bouye experiment, they were playing him as a backup point guard and he was overtasked. He was given to put, has too much on his plate. The ask was too big for him and he was struggling. Because he was put in a position where his gifts didn't allow him to succeed. And that just kind of happens, right? Because of health and, 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 and then the rest of the roster um, and, and the Blazers who are like, 
Um, when when fully healthy, a little bit guard heavy, but it's not like they have extreme amount of guard depth. They just have four good, four really solid guards and Skylar Mays. Um, so like Skylar Mays is really solid. He's just not like an NBA. He's not like a, a surefire NBA rotation player. He's a he's a third stringer for sure, but a good one. Even maybe even a good backup. But Sharp back in a position where he can where his role makes a little more sense as an off-ball attacker, as a cutter, which he's very good at, and without the ask to do so much on offense, just looked better tonight. You know, it, it wasn't, it didn't come back perfectly. I thought against the Pacers, he wasn't very good. I thought even he had a big game against the Jazz a couple weeks ago. That was his last kind of big box score game. I don't think he played well in that one. He just filled up the box score because he played 45 minutes. Uh, but now back down to playing a very reasonable 39 minutes. He played the whole fourth quarter. Like, they didn't take him out because he was playing so well. He probably would have uh, naturally played about only like 37. So uh, he, got, he got an extra. He just didn't have a rest um, that, he, that he sort of naturally would have taken uh, in, in, in a different setting. And because Malcolm Brogdon was stinking up, sticking it up. But um, you put him back in this position where he can do things that, that – fit his skill set, right? Play off the ball, come off curls, get into the lane and cut. He had a great cut in the fourth quarter where they ran a, they had a play set up for him and it didn't work, but he kind of read that it was broken. So he stopped for a second and then made a quick cut into the middle of the paint and Duopreeth found him for, for a bucket inside, you know, pushed in transition. And then when they need him to, he can still run on ball stuff. Like he's still an okay attacker out of pick and rolls. He's not a great decision maker, not a great passer out of pick and rolls, but like you can give him the ball and he can, and he's comp, he's, you know, competent at it. It's just like, if he's supposed to get everyone involved and play defense and score, like he's not, he's not a high level point guard. He is a, he can be a primary creator often, but you want him to have a bunch of reps off the ball to get the most out of him. And I thought the Blazers were able to mix how he attacked, gave him varied attacks, let him play off the ball. And then what the Blazers really did and the reason that they got back in this game, and I think one of the reasons that, that, that Shaden Sharp thrived in the second half is they played faster. They played faster. They're playing a little chaotic in the first half. Like all those turnovers was like, um, some good Cavs defense and some just weird, chaotic, um, unconnected Blazers basketball. But they wanted to clearly not avoid some sort of true half-court, let the Cavs get set up and load up the paint type of offense. And they really, really did a good job of playing with pace. They also slowed the Cavs down. And when you're playing off misses and playing off miscues and not playing, taking the ball out of the rim, you can play a little quicker and you play it against, and you get to play against unbalanced defenses more than just like you can play faster. If you're playing off missed shots, you know, you're going to, teams have to get back in transition. They might have an unbalanced floor. If you're playing off turnovers, you can move, you know, you can move, obviously, live ball turnovers are, are incredibly valuable. But the Blazers play a little quicker. And Sharp is going to thrive in a little bit more of an up-tempo setting. Not just because, like, he's great in the open floor. Like, I'm not just talking about fast breaks. I'm talking about where he doesn't have to set reset four dribbles see a bunch of defense see a bunch of defenders load up and then make a decision on where to get to because he can get his feet can get a little bit wonky against when in a crowd like and he'll 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 have trouble and he's and he has not been a good finisher around the rim but if you play in a little bit of semi-transition or you play in a little bit quicker and get into actions a little bit quicker Shaden Sharp can thrive 
It's not as simple as they can just play fast. And some of this is just like the ball went in for Sharp tonight. But he shot it well, and I thought he took good shots. I thought he made, uh, particularly in the second half, smart reads and was ag- was aggressive, like knew when to be aggressive. They need him to attack. And then he felt, he started, started feeling himself. So like, okay, I got it going. And he was more aggressive. And a downhill, aggressive Shaden Sharp is really hard to deal with. It's the tentative Shaden Sharp or the Shaden Sharp just like saying, I have to, I have to do this because I haven't had, you know, I'm, I'm struggling to score. So I'm going to just put my head down and attack as opposed to like, I know I can score. I'm going to pick these weaknesses out. The difference in that and just playing with confidence, he looks so freaking much better. Sharp had a two week stretch where he wasn't very good. And he's had, and he had one game where he was excellent. First ever uh, double-double if you're into that um, sort of double-digit symmetry that people crave so much. But moreover, 29-10-5. If you had 29-9-5, you would have had a great game too. He just, he has it in him. And the Blazers have to figure out a way that they can coax out that consistency. I don't think it's that simple. Uh, I think he'll have ups and downs all season long. But this was a big game for Sharp to get right. Particularly in a game where Brogdon and Jeremy Grant struggled. The Blazers winning a game where Malcolm Brogdon and Jeremy Grant weren't great. And Malcolm Brogdon was straight up bad. Uh, like, it's huge for them. Because they've their formula has been recently like, well, I hope Jeremy Grant makes all of his shots. And having Malcolm Brogdon have to take on a huge workload, and while Malcolm has been inefficient, soak up a bunch of of possessions like just like hey we don't have anyone else who can get into good offense it's got to be you because you dribbling a bunch and shooting is a better look than what we can otherwise cook up and tonight Malcolm Brown couldn't cook up anything and after um you know after Jeremy Grant he I said he had 10 in the first half he had 10 in the third quarter um but it's like he relatively quiet uh and so you other than that you know other than that for Jeremy is at 13 the game it's like to win a game when you're when your vets and your best offensive players to, to on on the year because free time has played one game like to win the game when that happens is a big deal for the Blazers and they won it because of the bench depth. Let's talk about that depth and why I think uh, Scoot Henderson played the best game that I've probably seen him play uh, in that third segment. Before we before we give praise to Scoot and Duop and Jabari, let's talk about buying tickets to go see this team or any team you want. That's right. The la- the spot for last minute tickets is game time. The game time app is super simple and I like it because they don't mess around. Like I, if you've, if you've heard me talk about game time in the past, my, what I like about it is you pull up, you pull up the, the, the app on your phone, you search who you, who you want to go see, say it's the Blazers, they get a little map of the Moda Center and what you see is what you get. There's no hidden fees. There's no convenience charges. There's no nonsense. It's just, okay, downstairs, two tickets, 71 bucks. Okay, I want to sit close. Okay, you can sit downstairs, a pair, a buck twenty-five each. You know, get really close to the gym or, or to the floor. Or I just want to get in. What's a, what do they got? Okay, well, Game Time has flash deals, to so you can get last-minute tickets. You know, day of or up to an hour before tip-off, or sometimes after the game starts, you get a flash deal on the app. You can get in the arena for nineteen dollars. Okay, I'm gonna sit upstairs. I'm gonna enjoy it. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna yell and I'm gonna be in the building around my fellow fan. Nineteen bucks is a perfect price for that. So if you want, if you need last minute tickets or you just want to get a great deal on tickets period, why not download the game time app and take out the guesswork 
You download the app, create an account, use the code LOCKEDONNBA, and you get $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, super simple. Create an account. Use the redemption code LOCKEDONNBA, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-B-A. That's your promo code for $20 off. Download game time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest prices, guaranteed. Still a pass first point guard. I'm still Mike Richmond. You're still listening to Locked On Blazers. The Blazers did it with depth. They did it with depth because the vets weren't cooking. And their formula of late has been riding the de- riding riding the uh, the vets. And it's even been a little bit of DeAndre Ayton, who I didn't think was very good in this game. And when it came to time to, to charge up this comeback, Chauncey Billups trusted the second unit. He trusted the second unit. In the fourth quarter, he started the... He started that fourth quarter with uh, Shaden Sharp on the court along with Scoot Henderson, Jabari Walker, Matisse Thibel, and Duop Reef. That was your bench unit, your five-man bench unit. He said, all right, that, that's, that's the crew that got us close, you know, from down double digits to down one, 74-75 after three. This team's got it going. We got to sit the vet, you know, we got to, we're going to sit our starters anyways to open the fourth quarter, but this team's got it rolling. And then Chauncey Billups let that, that, that group play for nearly nine minutes. About eight, 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 eight and a half minutes of just letting them ride. And they turned a deficit into an eight point or a 12 point lead, rather. All of a sudden, they were balling. And it wasn't just Shaden Sharp. Sharp was the engine, right? Because he was the, um, you know, it's like the way NBA offenses work is you need someone who creates an advantage and then everyone attacks off that. And Sharp did a good job of being the sort of scary, this guy can, th- we can't slow this guy down right now, um, type like needing defensive attention, like kind of um, the straw, for lack of a better word. He's st- stirring the drink, right? But I think the beginning of the fourth quarter was the best, most productive, most, um, most heartening, I don't know, most, uh, the, 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 it was the best basketball Scoots played of his NBA career. He didn't even score. <laughs> like, in, in, in the fourth quarter, Scoot Henderson goes 0 of 3 and misses two three-pointers. And I thought that stretch, the eight, eight and a half minutes he played in the fourth quarter was the best stretch I've seen him. It was because he played with pace and he played with purpose and he got past the first guy, saw and got you know the ball to the second side. He had uh, a, a nice pick and roll connection with Jabari Walker. He had a nice cut to Jabari Walker. He had a huge kick out uh, to a three that, that Matisse Seibel hit that put the Blazers, um, that, or excuse me, the Duop Reef, who put the Blazers up 95-83 with that, 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 the, the timeout that uh, the Cavs took when they're like, uh-oh, we're down double digits. Sharp gets into the paint, flicks it one hand, right hand, off the dribble to do up Reith who's posted in the corner and Reith, you know he's going to shoot it and he, that's that's not one that you're like, why'd he shoot? That was like, yeah, ca- cash that. And he did. He hits it and you go up 12. That's a 12-zip run after the game was tied at 83 to take a 95-83 advantage. The Blazers just basically held on from there. But Scoot was assertive. He was smart. He wasn't like the chaotic drive into someone's chest. Uh, okay, I got you know, to go right. I got to get a shot off. He was playing with pace and with a purpose, and the ball was moving. This was the best stretch of basketball I've seen Scoot Henderson play. He still doesn't really have a way to score. But he, he played really, really, really well during that stretch. I thought Jabari Walker played really well in that stretch, and he smoked a layup. In that same, in that same run of, of play, Jabari played, I thought he played really, really solid, 
and he missed a layup, missed a point blank layup in that same the same stretch. Like he left some left left a little bit on, out on the table. Matisse Thibel continues to be the guy who closes games ahead of, of Tumani Kamara. It's clear that while Tumani Kamara has won the starting spot, the it's time to win minutes are have been earned by Matisse Thibel, the veteran, because he just makes plays on defense. He's still hitting shots. Like if Tease is gonna make shots, he's just a he's he's a different player. And he's two of five from three tonight. Um finishes with 10 points. And and it doesn't, you know, it's not he. He had a steal and no blocks, but he's just so active in the passing lanes. He's such a weird player. His one steal led to a led to a breakout dunk. Like he's he's impactful. I thought Jabari was impactful. I thought Duop Reith was impactful. I thought um, and, and Reith, you know, he he was the, the scorer there with making making threes and getting a, a bucket at the rim. Like um, he's he was the best Blazers' best center. He had a great feed inside to uh, to, uh, to Shaden for a bucket uh, out of a timeout where the play got broken and he found Shaden on a cut. Like he holds the ball over his head and just whips a pass in there on time on target with pace. Like great pass, so Shaden Sharp can make a quick decision. Um, Reith shoots a little too much for my taste, but if he can be more of a ball mover and he runs the floor with purpose, like he's, he's a little slow laterally, but he gets up and down at a, a, a nice clip, like he can be helpful. There's nights when he just, he doesn't have it on offense and it's just a bad matchup for him. This is, it, he played really well in this game. Um, and to win with depth is so important for this team because depth has been the question. Incredibly, in, incredibly heartening uh, fourth quarter stretch for the Blazers. It, it was, it's, okay, I'm going to steal a, a Lamar Hurd stat in this game to make my point here. Listen to the broadcast, as I do. I watch the games on TV when they're on the road. Uh, and Lamar, in their post-game wrap-up, mentioned that the Blazers had had five straight games where they've shot at least 40% from three. That includes that weird game against Indiana where they only took 18 threes. Um, they need to shoot more than that. But like, if the Blazers make shots, they're going to have a chance. And if the Blazers make shots and get good production from the bench, they're going to have a chance. And not just a chance to, like, you know, stay within shouting distance and lose a bunch of games by eight, which has kind of been their thing. It's like, we're down eight, we're down 13, we're down eight, we're down 13, we lose by six. Okay, well, you know, competitive competitive game, we weren't really ever getting blown out, but we were never really, uh, like, had the ball with the chance to win in the final few minutes. And they've had a bunch of close games, too, and, you know, they're, they're, they're six and 12 and have had some health issues, but, like, as they get healthier... The formula is something like continue to be what they are, which is a team that doesn't get cheated on defense. Uh, the Cavs aren't a very good offensive team. And I thought that showed up a little bit here, and I thought Darius Garland was particularly bad. But like the Blazers could have folded, but instead they hung. They hung right there and were like, "Okay, we you know we only have forty points at halftime, but we're going to be competitive enough for that that won't sink us." that that won't be the end of this game. And, you you know, you win a game where you hold the team under triple digits, you played pretty, you played at least competitive defense. And every night, the Blazers are basically going to play competitive level defense. Um, they're not, maybe every every night, they're going to lock, lock teams up and, and, and lock stars up, but like, they're going to play competitive defense. So beyond that, it's how do you, how do you get enough production to turn close losses into wins? And it's something like this. Five straight games shooting 40% from three. If they're a team that makes threes, 
totally different. It's a totally different calculation. I'm not sure they're going to be in if like a low volume night where you make nine of 18 threes. It's just like a weird night. So um, it's a good stat. I'm really glad Lamar had that one. It's a really good one. But in context, maybe I don't feel as as good about it as, as I did when I heard him say it. I was like, really? Five straight games of 40 plus? But like, if they make threes and if they can continue to get production from Jabari Walker and from Reith and from Matisse Thibel off the bench and Amphrey Simons comes back and gives them something and Malcolm Brogdon moves to the bench and you have this competitive unit and you have like nine or ten guys that can give you somewhere between slight negative to slight positive minutes, like nobody's getting their butt whooped when they're in there. There's no like, oh no, we got to survive these minutes because they're competitive on defense and they and they continue to you know, take and make shots and have a little bit of depth, produ- depth production, production from their depth, they're good enough to be in games and win games every night. Are they good enough to like be a playoff team? No, I don't like, I don't want to get out over my skis. I think it's like people want to say like tanking or playoffs or like, you know, trying to win or rebuild. Everything's in the middle. You can do everything in the middle. Like things have every, the world has gray areas. I don't think the Blazers are going to magically morph into the team. Like I know the teams in the West. I don't think they're magically morph into one of the top six teams. I don't think they're going to be like, I don't think they're going to make the play in, right? Like I think this is a lottery team and, and, and pretty obviously one. But they're going to be a lottery team that's competitive every night. And the formula looks a lot like it looked in this Cavs game. Even when the offense stinks, you hang in it because you're competitive on defense. You get one of your guys who's capable of breaking out, breaking out. You play 10 minutes of very, very good basketball and 48 minutes of really good defense, of darn good defense. You're going to have a chance. Tonight they had a chance against a team that's not very good on offense, so that gave them an opportunity. But the Cavs are a really good defensive team, and the Blazers came out and the Blazers came out and hung it on them in the second half. Scored sixty three points after halftime. It's some. It looks something like that. Whether it's repeatable is the quest for the rest of the year, but I think the formula is starting to show itself. And over the last handful of games. The formula is starting to play out in the win column as well. It's not just like squint and you'll see it maybe somewhere down the line. It's like, yeah, they did this on Tuesday, so I'm not surprised they did it again on Thursday. That's the fun part about watching this young team grow is that Shane Sharp can have two weeks where he's really not very good, and then you can come come back and start to figure it out. Um, they, I don't know if they've like solved it, right? Because like solve it is like, they made 14 threes, but they took more threes. They went in. A lot of them were good looks generated by good offense. The process is getting a little bit better on offense and um, good process on offense, a competitive defense. That's their path forward. Blazers still out on the road for a couple more games. Saturday, they play against the Jazz in, uh, in Salt Lake City. And then they have a long stretch off and don't play again until Wednesday when they're on the road in San Francisco. I assume they'll come back. So the Blazers will be back in town for a little bit, uh, but but they're not back in the Moda Center until next week. So we've got a couple of road games. Next time you hear my voice, we will recap the Utah Jazz game. That um, uh, Typically the Monday shows, I'll just like tell you how it works. Typically I record the Monday shows on Sunday afternoon or evening, depending on... Um, the sleep schedule with my youngest housemate. Um, so look for that in your feed sometime Sunday afternoon. That's the first of five days a week, wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Tell your friends about the program. Um, going to try to get a couple interviews next week. So it's not just me yelling at you a little more variety. We have fun. 
We do, we do it here every single weekday. So come back and join us. Tell your friends to do the same. I appreciate you listening. I'll talk to you soon.